You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. This is Lawrence Coletti, and I'm the host for today's show, which is being recorded on location at the American Bar Association's annual meeting in Chicago, Illinois. We're here to cover this event and its highlights for you, our listeners. And joining me now, I have four esteemed guests. First, I have Jonathan Malisak. He's the executive editor of Anchorwork Publications. Welcome. Thank you. And I have David Latt, who, of course, is the founder and managing editor of Above the Law. Welcome back to the air. Great to be here, Lawrence. And I have two new guests I've never had on before. I have Mr. Ronald, is it Fierstein or Fierstein? Fierstein is good. Fierstein. Okay, Mr. Ronald Fierstein. He's a uh, former lawyer, uh, author of a book called A Triumph of Genius, Edwin Land, Polaroid, and the Kodak Patent War. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lawrence. And then, of course, I have uh, Miss Dina Gold. Uh, she is the, uh, the author of Stolen Legacy. Nazi Theft and the Quest for Justice at Krausenstrasse, 1718 Berlin. Did I get it all right? Krausenstrasse. Okay. Well, welcome to the show. So, uh, where does your accent hail from? From England. Okay, perfect. So, anyway, everybody, welcome to the air. And the reason I reached out to you is that uh, you're, you're speaking tomorrow at an event called Anchorwick's Authors Panel, The Author Journey. And so before we get into that, I kind of wanted to go around the table and then have everybody uh, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I know I've kind of given the titles, but uh, if you could go into some details, that would be great. Let's start with Jonathan. Sure. Uh, Thanks, Lawrence. Uh, As you said in your introduction, I am the executive editor of uh, Anchorwick Books, which is the brand new uh, consumer trade imprint of ABA Publishing here at the American Bar Association. And, um, you know, this is our... I think these authors today and, and, and this panel uh, really represent the first wave of, uh, of what we're doing at Anchorwick. Each of them, uh, their books are phenomenal. They're different stories. Uh, we've got some fiction, we have some nonfiction, and each one is, as individuals have such a unique background that I think it's going to make for a very sort of lively and interesting conversation that I think uh, really represents what, what Anchorwick going forward is going to be all about. Okay, and uh, David, in addition to being an author yourself of Supreme Ambitions, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Yes, so I am a a lawyer turned writer and journalist. My day job is running Above the Law, which, as your readers know, because actually Legal Talk Network produces uh, our podcast. That is true. uh, Is a uh, website that reaches about a million unique visitors a month. And uh, my connection to Anchorwick is my novel, Supreme Ambitions, was published by Anchorwick in December of last year. And I believe that was the first book? It was the very first, yes. Excellent, excellent. I've read the book. It's very good. Thank so you. I, I recommend everyone else that hasn't read it to read it. It's very interesting, especially if you uh, view fondly on your law school days and clerkship days and things like that. So excellent. So uh, Ron, how about yourself? Well, I'm an entertainment executive. I've spent the last 30 years in the music business and the theater business. But before that, I was a young lawyer on a team of lawyers representing Polaroid in what uh, was really one of the most important intellectual property lawsuits in American history. And it made a huge impression on me. And uh, when I semi-retired, I decided I would write a book about some of the characters, particularly Edwin Land and and the event. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, Dina? Well, I'm a former BBC journalist. I came to America seven years ago after my husband was offered a job here in Washington, D.C. 
and it was just at the point that the world economy was crashing so I wasn't going to waste my time looking for jobs because there really weren't any but I had a story inside of me which I really felt I wanted to get out there and I wanted my kids to know this story the history of their family so I started writing it and a friend of mine who is an agent kept nagging me and nagging me saying let me see it let me read it I want to see it and I thought no no this is for the kids but eventually I cracked and I showed it to her she said I love it I love it I want to be your agent and the rest is history. Excellent. So, um, you know, obviously the, the event, uh, Anchor Wicks Authors Panel, the Author's Journey, uh, I think a good place to start here is to talk about Anchor Wicks. So obviously it has a namesake that's meaningful, yes. especially to this year. Um, but tell us about some of the kind of books. So let's, let's talk about the uh, namesake, Jonathan, and let's talk about the kind of books that, that you publish. Absolutely. Um, you know, Anchor Wick, uh, uh, legend has it, uh, the Anchor Wick yew tree, it's... Uh, 1400 years old. It's uh, at the site of uh, where Magna Carta was sealed. Of course, it's the big anniversary year this year. And what I like about it as the name of the imprint is that, um, you know, even though we are separately branded from ABA Publishing and the American Bar Association, because the uh, books that we are publishing within this imprint do have a legal connection, a legal basis, we thought it was rather clever to you know, be able to, uh, to, to have the imprint uh, named uh, with something that does have, you know, a fairly relevant connection to, uh, to the legal industry and to legal history. And the books that we're publishing within uh, Anchorwick um, are, you know, they, they kind of run the gamut. They're everything from legal fiction to true crime narratives to uh, memoir, business, biographies. And this is an effort, an attempt here at ABA Publishing to reach a much broader consumer uh, audience than has typically been marketed to and has been attracted to the books that the ABA have published in the past. So it's really a way to sort of to, to have greater outreach uh, into, into the general consumer market and introduce readers to uh, a whole new sort of side of, of the American Bar Association. So what was your draw to Anchorwick in addition to the things that you just mentioned? What's exciting for me, uh, frankly, is that I am able to be at the forefront of this brand new endeavor here. I've been in publishing for 17 years. I was an agent for uh, a number of years before that and an acquiring editor at a few other publishers. And what's really exciting for me is just to be able to be a, a create you know, have the creative vision to uh, to really make this uh, what was work and, and be at the forefront of a uh, whole new endeavor here. So this is interesting. I, we were doing a little pregame before we started this interview, and I found out that all of you are first-time authors with Anchorwick. And so we've got a couple of uh, varying career paths. We have two attorneys uh, and a writer uh, and an attorney. That's David Latt. And we have an attorney that was involved in a major case. That's Ron. And uh, Dina, now you were a journalist before, before this. And so I guess my first question I'd like all of you to answer is, uh, why write a book? I mean, David, we'll start with you because, you know, you write, you write every day. So I would imagine... <laughs> that, you know, sometimes writing can seem a little cumbersome from time to time. So why a novel? Well, I think I actually wanted a new challenge. At the time that I started working on Supreme Ambitions in earnest, I'd been doing Above the Law for a number of years, and I wanted to try and my hand at something long form, at something that was more sustained, as opposed to the shorter pieces that we publish uh, on the website. And I uh, had this idea for a book that I had been knocking around in my head for many years, and I thought this was a good time to actually turn it into reality. 
Great. And Ron? Well, you know, I always loved research and writing. Um, my mom was a librarian, and uh, uh, when I was in law school, I actually won the Scribes Award as the best legal writer in my class. And um, But in my career, I didn't have much opportunity to write. I did some drafting of agreements and a lot of correspondence, but... Um, I sort of had as number one on my bucket list the idea of going back and uh, and researching and writing a book. And uh, I had a great subject because of my experience in that uh, Polaroid case and working with Edwin Land. Okay. And uh, Dina? Well, as a journalist, obviously, I've written a lot and broadcast a lot on the BBC. But the story that I have is huge. It's massive. And it, it's not something that could be summarized in a, an ordinary magazine article. There are so many different parts to it. It's legal. It's, it's family history. It's memoir. It's investigation. To an extent, it's what we in the BBC call foot-in-the-door journalism. And it's just too big a subject to condense into a short article. I gotcha. I gotcha. So as first-time authors, I'm sure you're aware that there was many options to go with for publication. Why Anchorwick? Uh, David? Well, my book uh, is very much a book, I think, aimed at the legal community. It has been read by and enjoyed by non-lawyers and not just my parents. But that said, uh, I think it very much appeals to a lawyerly audience. And so the opportunity to be published by an imprint of the American Bar Association just made so much sense to me in terms of reaching the relevant readership. I think these days as an author, you have to figure out who is my core or my target audience and how can I connect with them. And I thought working with Anchorwick would be a superb way of doing that. Okay. And Ron? Well, I really think David uh, articulated it perfectly. I mean, when you, I, my book is not uh, a non-fiction. My book is a non-fiction book. It's not a work of fiction. But because it involves a, a legal case and technology, I thought that that was a great core audience to start with, although uh, I definitely wrote the book uh, for a mainstream non-fiction reader like myself, because that's what I read. Um, but uh, Anchorwood just seemed like a perfect place for it. And Dina? Well, my, my story is, is very real. It's absolutely nothing like a novel. It's true life. And it is uh, a combination of a legal case on restitution, a battle for restitution in East Germany after the Berlin Wall came down with family history. Now, Jewish family history and Holocaust is uh, an oversupplied market. One has to admit that. But this is not a, an ordinary family memoir. So. When John read it, it was really a match made in heaven because he had the vision to understand that this is not a classic story of Holocaust. It is a legal case. And no one actually has, as far as we know, written a book about seeking the return of a property. There is Woman in Gold, which has been a smash hit, and that's about Maria Altman's battle to get back a painting in Vienna. Mine is about a battle to get a huge property back in East Berlin. Okay. Now, did you approach Anchorwick, or did uh, Jonathan reach out to you? No, it was my literary agent. Okay. She, yes, she approached uh, Anchorwick and uh, sent John the manuscript, and he very quickly got hold of her and said, I'm very interested. Well, I want to loop uh, Jonathan back into the conversation. So uh, as, a, as executive editor, what is the most challenging thing that you have to do uh, with uh, the publication of all these books? Well, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I don't have a legal background. So, um, you know, one of the appeals of, of Anchorwick and this imprint for me is that uh, I, I don't 
you know, I'm, I'm not editing, I'm not reading, you know, legal tracts or, or books on, you know, arbitration or tort reform or anything like that. So, uh, but one of the challenges really is making sure that, um, you know, we are dealing about legal issues, whether it be through fiction or nonfiction, and making sure that, um, you know, the facts all check out, definitely. And in Dina's case, it was really interesting because so much of Dina's book uh, deals with German law and, and European law and a lot of the legal documents that, that Dina was, was pouring through as she was putting the manuscript together and she was doing the research had to be translated out of German. So that was quite a, quite a, quite a challenge and there was a lot of fact-checking and uh, you know, experts on German language, etc., uh, taking a look at it and making sure that everything checked out. Um, but what I, I do want to say, uh, you know, Lawrence, about Anchorwick and, and authors, you know, coming to Anchorwick and the type of books that we do and sort of what the general reception has been to the sort of the greater publishing industry uh, at large is it's really interesting the number of agents and authors that I have spoken to over the past several months who have said that um, they are so appreciative that there's finally a publisher, a commercial trade publisher, who uh, is unafraid to delve into the legal category for a general consumer market that aren't afraid to actually tackle some of the legal issues. A lot of the other houses uh, that are out there, some of the big New York houses, for example, uh, that do publish within sort of this legal category, frequently authors have said that they're asked to, in some ways, dumb down a lot of the content for the general audience. We don't ask our authors to do that. Um, I think that we have you know, with the power of the American Bar Association behind us, there's a certain uh, credibility, I think, that we, that we present to the consumer that uh, I think is very attractive to a lot of authors and, uh, and to their agents as well. Um, I've had several say how happy they are that we exist and that we, I think, are, are on our way to, to quite successfully filling this, uh, this, this niche within legal, within legal publishing. Well, being it's, uh, that you're still within your first year mm-hmm. of uh, doing publications, and you may have answered this question, uh, but how many authors do you currently have right now? Actually, we, uh, this calendar year, uh, we published 10, or we're publishing 10 original titles. Uh, and then next year, 2016, we're on track for another 15 to 20. So. Currently, we've, I've probably, with books that are, that are published, that are in production, uh, or in the midst of acquiring, we're probably looking at about 30, 35 authors all total. Okay. Coming. Fantastic. Together. And I think, uh, you know, from a conversation we had before, you're, yeah. uh, you're resurrecting an old legal series of books. Perry Mason series, yes. Excellent, excellent. That's fantastic. So let me uh, let me turn the microphone back to the authors. So uh, you're you're part of a, a relatively small uh, publication outfit here, but my understanding, because we had a little pregame, was that uh, this is a pretty tight knit group of authors, and you regularly communicate together uh, in sort of a collaborative way. So uh, how does that uh, how does that worked out for you, and what what are the kind of things that you guys do together? Well, I think social media is one area where a lot of us interact. So Dina and I are on social media, and Lindsay Cameron, whose novel's coming out, Big Law, she is also on Twitter with us, and uh, so is uh, Jeff Cohen, uh, who's a book out about negotiation. So we're all sort of helping promote each other's work and uh, tweeting comments back and forth to each other. Uh, Social media is, is a really effective way of getting word out about your book. And I, I'm aware that we have someone that doesn't like social media too much, Rod. So uh, how have you been involved as a group uh, for you? Well, we, uh, I've had questions about, uh, we've shared information about how to conduct uh, live events when you appear uh, to talk about your book uh, and some tips on the technology and some, and some other things. Dina and I were just talking about that earlier. 
Yes, we're both giving a talk at the Mid-Manhattan Library. Uh, only Ron's going a month before I am, so I'm getting advice from him. Okay, I have one more question for the authors. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, is there another book that's part one and part two? Are you going to do it with Anchorwick? Lawrence. That's pretty <laughs> tough. I know. I know. All right. Well, if you don't feel comfortable answering, I understand. But uh, I, would, I would love to do a sequel to my novel, and it certainly ends in a way that will be open to a sequel. And I had a great experience with Anchorwick, so I would certainly be open to doing it if they would have me. Uh, but... I have not yet started said novel, so, uh, well, it may be a little while in coming. <laughs> I'd love to write another book. I, I think the, the problem is finding another subject that you're as passionate about. You know, writing the kind of uh, nonfiction book, it, and it's a hefty book that I wrote, it's, you know, six, seven years of research and writing. And if you're going to devote that much, of your, that much time and that much effort and that really big chunk of your life to something, it has to be a subject that you're really, really, really passionate about. And whether I can ever find another one, I'm not sure. And Tina, I mean, you're obviously heavily invested in your uh, in your book's topic. And so is there another one in the chamber for you? What do you think? Funnily enough, somebody at Harvard University said to me, there is another book there and you're going to write it. And I said, oh, no, I'm not. I wouldn't mind writing another book, but it won't be on this subject. I don't think so anyway. Not at the moment. Excellent. Excellent. Well, gosh, thank you so much for you guys uh, you know, stopping by. I know you're very busy and uh, I know we've uh, enjoyed uh, learning about Anchorwick Publications and what's coming down the pipeline. And so if our uh, members of our audience want to reach out and learn more about this, uh, perhaps, uh, uh, you know, learn about the new books coming and, uh, you know, keep keep connected with you. How can they do? Let's start with you, Jonathan. They can connect with us uh, on Twitter, actually. Our uh, Twitter handle is at Anchorwick Books, just all one word. Um, and I'm on there every day, um, as are quite a few of our authors, except 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 I'm Rob. I have to rethink this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll how about you? you. <laughs> how about you, David? It, I want uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, I'm on Twitter at David Latt. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook, and of course, people can connect to me through Above the Law as well. They can send us story ideas, uh, compliments, complaints at tips at abovethelaw.com. And of course, they should tune into the podcast that you and your Legal Talk Network you. colleagues do, <laughs> Thinking Like a Lawyer, which we've had fun doing. No, thank you. No, we've enjoyed having you guys. It's wonderful. So, uh, Ron? Well, I, I'd love for people to check out my website, which is triumphofgenius.com. And it has a lot of information about my book, uh, about Edwin Land and Polaroid. And it's one of the great stories about one of the great American technologists that few people have ever heard of. Um, so it's all right there. And Dina? Well, I've got a website. It's uh, stolenlegacy.com. And I'm on Twitter at Dina underscore gold. And I'm sure if they're really desperate to find me, John will uh, get in touch with me. <laughs> well, this has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.